This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we watch some hamsters go on adventures in the loosest sense possible. Welcome to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what's worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're covering the show Hamtaro by discussing a pretty random assortment of episodes. Uh, Hamtaro is a show that we've been dreading watching for a while because it is mm-hmm. sort of an oddball of the Toonami catalog, uh, unlike most every other show it is not action oriented at all yeah (laughs) it's very out of place i guess just something for kids (laughs) yeah i suppose i mean i the weird thing about this show for me is just like i don't see how it fits at all like sailor moon is similarly it it's aimed at a similar demographic but it's also like an actiony show like characters fight and stuff the most action that happens in hamtaro is like a bunch of hamsters trying to pull a leaf off a tree like that's about it (laughs) that's the most intense scene that happens uh so i don't know it's a weird choice i'm not sure if i watched hamtaro when i was a kid i know i definitely had like one you know like manga issue of hamtaro so i probably watched it well, yeah, I mean, I I probably thought the character designs were cute, which, frankly, they, sure. they still are. Uh, but I also don't remember watching it at all. So if I did, it totally slid off my brain. I mean, obviously, it did not make as much as of, of an impact as, like, Gundam or Dragon Ball Z, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember having watched it exactly, but I remember seeing it, and I remember disliking it. <laughs> like, so... It's as a kid, I just was, uh, I was already such a snob about cartoons anyway. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I just took one look at a commercial for this and was like, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, that's the weird thing for me though. Like I literally, aside from the manga issue, which is the only thing I remembered, like, that's it. There's nothing else yeah. for this show for me. So rewatching it was so- an experience. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised it aired during Tom 2 era. Like, this seems right? like such a thing that would... This this seems like a Tom 4 kind of thing. Like, yeah, or like right. Mizuki the point where it was kind of in whatever. the decline period. Like, Tom 2 is just yeah. fucking hit after hit after hit. And then there's this. It's yeah. so weird. This. It's so out of place. So, to get into some background about this series, uh, it was created by Ritsuko Kawaii, which is one letter off from Kawaii, which is a little on the nose. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> It's one letter off from Kawaii, which is scary. Yeah, all right, fair enough. (laughs) This means nothing. Uh, Anyway, it began as a serialized manga published in girls' magazine Chow in 1997, (laughs) not 1977. (laughs) Uh, And Kawaii has also written and illustrated several children's books featuring the character. Uh, There have been a number of anime series. As you may have guessed from our intro, the show is not very successful in America. Uh, even though it's quite successful in Japan. 
Basically, the first yeah. two seasons were dubbed by Ocean Group and ran from June to October 2002 on Toonami. And then it sort of just re-ran randomly at different times uh, on Cartoon Network as a whole. So Yeah. You, you know, know why it's not big in America? Fucking marketing. like Or like just time slot, too. Like, it doesn't make any sense in Toonami, but if this shit aired yeah, on Nick right. Jr., I think kids exactly, would love it. Exactly, exactly. No, you're totally right. Like, if this had been on Kids WB Toonami, then hell yeah, this probably would have been yeah. big. But no, instead, for some reason, they crammed it between Dragon Ball Z and Gundam. And it's like, well, this is not what I want to see <laughs> Wow. Uh, between the... Well, I don't know that. I'm just, you know... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just, just say, like, hypothesizing... <laughs> Yeah, I just saw a cell explode and kill several people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time for some Hamtaro. Like, yeah, time for some. And then, like, you know, Hero Yui blows up a colony. <laughs> yeah, time for some extremely low-stakes adventures between yeah. these two shows that, no matter what it is, have to have the dumbest, highest stakes possible because it's everything else on Toonami. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> whatever we need to stop bitching that it shouldn't have been on tsunami because it was uh so i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> briefly outline like the idea of hamtaro there's not really much in the way of a, an overarching plot at least not what from uh not from what we watched so consider this a primer on hamtaro it is a show about a hamster whose name is hamtaro of course uh and his hamster friends and they get into various adventures which are usually paralleled with Hamtaro's owner, Laura Haruna, having some sort of adventure. Um, adventure is used here to indicate slice-of-life uh, occurrences more than yeah, right. <laughs> real, you know, big-scope adventure stuff. Uh, so there are a shitload of characters, uh, presumably, among other things, for merchandising purposes. Yeah. Lots of hamsters. Yeah, aside from Hamtaro, the characters that we were introduced to, there are about twice this many in the show overall. Uh, the first is Oxnard, who is basically the first hamster that Hamtaro meets after moving into his new house. He's owned by Laura's friend Kona, and he is obsessed with sunflower seeds. Uh, he has one tucked behind his ear most of the time. There's a hamster named Boss who is the second hamster Hamtaro meets. He's like a wild hamster, and he digs tunnels, and he has a house that gets turned into sort of a clubhouse for all of the hamsters. Uh, he pretends to be more worldly than he is, but he usually doesn't really know what he's talking about. We have Howdy, who is a hamster who tells a lot of jokes and is seriously interested in money uh, because he lives in a general store, Howdy's kind of weird because he has a southern accent in the English dub. Apparently in the Japanese version, he has a Kansai accent, which oh. is, I guess, associated with like comedy because a lot of famous Japanese yeah. comedians are from Kansai. So I think that's why he tells a lot of jokes, and, but it doesn't really translate very well, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like, I think it's just southern because it's a recognizably different English accent. Yeah. Uh, more yeah, than that, that anything happens else. all the time. That happens all the time. The the Kansai to Texan thing is actually pretty weirdly consistent through a lot of like earlier right. dubs. And I, I kind of wonder why that is. <laughs> I mean, I did a little bit of research on this just to see because we were theorizing that it might be some kind of joke about something else. Uh, but this seems to be what it right. is. Anyway, Dexter is the next hamster. He has glasses shaped rings of fur and he's a nerd. 
Uh, Maxwell <laughs> is also a nerd. Somehow there are two yeah. nerd hamsters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he always carries a book and lives in a library. There is a hamster named Sandy who has dialogue that's written in the like style of a valley girl, but doesn't really have the accent, so it's just weird, and it there's just random <laughs> yeah. likes inserted in there. Uh, Bijou is a French hamster who has a French accent. Uh, she has ribbons in her hair and, I guess, pigtails, kind of, but it's weird because yeah. they're below her ears, so it just looks <laughs> kind of wrong. Uh, and she, I don't know. She, like, boss has a crush on her, and she has a crush on Hamtaro, but Hamtaro doesn't know, because yeah. he doesn't know anything, etc. Uh, there's a hamster called Pashmino, who wears a scarf, a baby <laughs> hamster named Penelope, who always wears a blanket over her head, and as a result, kind of looks like a ghost. <laughs> like yeah, a, like yeah. a Pac-Man ghost without arms. <laughs> we thought, like, oh, that's the one that died. <laughs> yeah, and also, she doesn't, like, speak so no she's too young she says put you or something instead. yeah right so you know, some and, cutesy bullshit yeah right and we we skipped the episode where she's introduced so throughout watching it we're like what the fuck is going on with this hamster like is this a ghost is that why she can't speak what is happening here until finally we looked it up on the thankfully available hamtara wiki uh, of course there's a hamtara wiki <laughs> yeah of course there is uh so there is a hamster named Panda who looks like a panda and the episodes we watched didn't really feature him, but apparently he's like a builder. Like he builds stuff for everybody. So oh. I, I guess that's cool. There's Cappy who wears a hat. There's Snoozer <laughs> so who is always asleep and apparently was just discovered in boss's house asleep. And they're like, yeah, I guess he can stay. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Snoozer's the fucking best, because he doesn't talk really ever, except, like, when he talks in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, and he, he just, just like, kind of mumbles. Mumble, mumbles and dis probably dispenses wisdom, kind of, in his sleep. And it's just adorable. Yeah, no, I related, I related a lot to Snoozer. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> why, yeah. why be awake when you can sleep? Exactly, and <laughs> you just miss out on all the fun stuff because you're asleep the whole time. It's great. <laughs> I totally relate to that. Uh, I'm my, I'm guessing Snoozer is secretly depressed. Anyway, I think Snoozer is secretly. I think Snoozer was a character put in for like it, as an aspiration for adults having to watch the show. <laughs> be like, dude, don't you wish you could be sleeping you just right sleep now all day? Fuck it, man. I wish you I was could be snoozer. sleeping instead of watching Hamtaro. Wouldn't that exactly, be better? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so there are a couple of other hamsters that are introduced in these episodes, including Sam, who is Sandy's long lost brother. He's a totally cool bro ladies ham who, uh, in, in one scene rides a skateboard through the air while shaking maracas, which I yes. guess is like the coolest thing ever. It's pretty um, awesome. He, he constantly flirts with the, uh, girl hamsters and it's a little weird, but also pretty harmless. So I don't know. <laughs> Of course, we also get a uh, the elder ham, the very old hamster who is the wise guy, and he, of course, just sounds like King Kai. I guess it's just that it's got to be that same voice actor. I don't, I don't think anyone else has that voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you meant wise man, not wise guy. He doesn't really make a lot of jokes, <laughs> but yes, yeah, he sounds yeah, yeah. exactly like King Kai. Maybe that's why you're confused because King Kai, as we know, is a total joke. Is a 
total yeah he's a wise guy eh? yeah uh then the last hamster that i don't know why i felt worthy of mention but whatever is named jingles and he is a like wild hamster who wanders around with a guitar and sings and he has an awesome <laughs> guitar riff as his theme music <laughs> yeah and right. i don't know he's he's pretty boring but uh i kind of like him <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to our <laughs> Zeniths and Nadirs and honorable mentions, since there uh, is no plot outline to speak of. Peter, what was your yeah. favorite episode of this show? Favorite's a strong word. I- I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. between Zeniths, Nadirs, and honorable mentions, there's pretty much no difference to me for this show. <laughs> this, like some other shows I've seen, passed through me <laughs> uh, without any effect, and I've had to kind of look back and and figure things out uh in terms of what i'm gonna pick so here i picked the my zenith is episode five diamonds of sugar mm-hmm. which is an episode where all the hamsters like watch hamtaro watches laura and kona eat some candy and now he's like i gotta have that candy it looks delicious <laughs> and in fairness it does look pretty good it's weird guess. like they're like hard candy little urchin things that they throw in their mouths and he describes it to the other hamsters. Now the other hamsters are like, fuck, we gotta get this candy. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, uh, so I mean, they that's pretty much end it. Up, like, yeah, that, that's the thing. not a whole lot more right? to it. Uh, <laughs> that's the plot. Except, uh, except that boss, boss like, lies yeah. to them and gets them to like, you know, to go out and hunt for candy outside because he thinks I don't even know if he lies really. He just thinks the candy is like the stars. Yeah, because they're then, like oh they're star shaped. And then these dipshits try to make build a ladder tall enough to get to stars to like you know eat those delicious emeralds of sugar. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> there's a barbecue. The humans have barbecues. <laughs> yeah, uh... the the human plot line features uh, Laura's dad preparing for a barbecue, which is about as exciting as it gets <laughs> yeah. in the world of Hamtaro. And prompts the line, dads sure love barbecues. Which, fair <laughs> enough. Sometimes they yeah, do. You know what? True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so not a lot going on. You know what I did like about this episode, though? The reason it got catapulted. And I mean catapulted. To <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Is yeah. Because uh, Laura and Kona in the beginning are like, well, well, wait, you can't give hamsters candy. Like, oh, good thing, good thing Hamtaro can't have one of these. And I respect the responsibility of that. <laughs> <laughs> this show is being responsible. It's not like showing, it, 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 you know, it's not like showing these dumb hamsters getting a hold of candy and having a great time. And then, you know, kids in Japan who have pet hamsters start giving their hamsters candy and they just fucking die. Yeah, I guess. Uh, instead, I guess it's responsible. Yeah, and, and also the hamsters the never get the candy that they're after. Which That's true. turns yeah. the whole thing into kind of a non-story in a way. Yeah, they just kind of end up having a good time <laughs> stargazing. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, so my favorite episode was uh, The Wise Elder Ham. And much like you, this show truly washed over me. Uh, so <laughs> most of my picks are similarly just kind of like, well, this one was all right. Um, yeah, yeah. Hamtaro truly is the mind killer. Anyway, uh, this episode <laughs> features Laura's grandmother coming to visit, and she tells Laura about her old friend, Caitlin. Apparently, when they were kids, they had these clocks that they believed were <laughs> magical, 
and right. Laura decides to try to find her grandmother's friend and uh, reunite them. And so the hamsters, of course, are like, I guess we'll do that, too. Uh, they go to the elder ham, as we explained before, and he sort of tells them what to do, but kind of doesn't really have any idea. Um, eventually, the woman shows up basically randomly. Uh, Hamtaro winds her clock so that it goes through the little musical jingle. Laura overhears it, and then uh, the two old women basically reunite, which is nice. So here's the thing about this episode. Basically, it's the same as every other one, but it does have two things that I really like. Mm. Uh, the first is that this is one of a handful of episodes where the human and hamster storylines actually intersect and like influence each other, which yeah. doesn't always happen. I mean, it probably happens about half the time, but when it doesn't happen, as I said before, it kind of feels like a non-story a lot of the time. It's yeah, just it's like, like, okay, well, the hamster's did nothing like great why, why am, I, am i yeah or like the kids did nothing like why am i watching these dumb kids when i can like at least enjoy the cute hamsters yeah right it's so this is a story where though the two things actually influence each other and i kind of like that um the other reason is because the very first shot of this episode features laura's grandmother whose name is willow and uh, her friend as children with their clocks and we have the quote verbatim here and it is, what a beautiful sunset, and we have magic clocks. Let's keep them forever. Make a pact. Said in about that cadence. Yeah. It is a crazy opening to a show. And I was like, God. is this going to feature magic clocks now? Like, are there is there magic in this show now? Because I'm down. We had to rewind. Like, that would be great. We had to rewind that one several times. <laughs> Sucking. That was a good laugh. <laughs> What a, yeah, what a beautiful and sunset have, and we have and, magic clocks <laughs> and we have magic clocks <laughs> oh really line. burying the lead there yeah yeah uh so yeah like again pretty standard but hey it has a crazy line to start it off so i, I kind of can't help but love it yeah uh what was your least favorite my least favorite uh i think highlights some of the worst of this series it is episode four come out bijou um, so in this episode, Lauren Conan summer vacation, so they're going to school to feed the fish that, you know, their pet classroom fish, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Laura runs into Travis, this boy that she has a crush on, and that's about it. We don't care about that plot line. And then, yeah, that has, that almost <laughs> nothing happens there. He lends her a yep. towel. She returns it. That's it. Yes, that's correct. And, then, <laughs> and so the real plot line is boss is in love with bijou the cute french uh hamster <laughs> and yeah that at you know, this point none of them know they've just seen yeah. her yeah right and so hamtaro is dead set on helping boss out to uh win her affections and so they have this plot to go out and sing at her balcony because you know there's always like a tree right next to the balcony of wherever or just like the window of wherever mm -hmm. these hamsters live and these kids, with their lack of screen doors and screen windows, just open the windows and let hamsters wander in and out. <laughs> so they go up and start singing to her. And she, you know, and then Hamtaro, like, convinces her to walk out and check out their cool place. Yeah, not and to not does. to correct you, but I think the singing thing happens in the first episode. 
And this is the episode where they convince her to come out even though she's scared. Well, fuck, like, it's going to ruin everything. <laughs> I mean, not really. It's it, it's more of an example of how easy it is to confuse two episodes of this fucking show because they're so similar. Yeah. It's, it's see, the same basic thing. See, okay, that makes the egg on my face, guys. I fucked that one up. Well, uh, fucking get it right next it, time. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter all that much. Um because what I hate about this show more than anything is any singing related. Yep. Anything yeah, sure. that happens. It's just bad. It's just voice act. It's classic, like, bad 90s dub singing where it's like, oh, okay, we really got to do this. I'm not really a singer, so okay. But what's even worse is the opening theme, which features a lot of, like, hamster high-pitched singing with, like, weird <laughs> vocoder shit, and it's atrocious. So that's what I wanted to highlight because everything else is just like, all right. I mean, like, yeah, she falls for boss and, uh, or, yeah, nothing Hamtaro fucking happens. Really. Yeah. She falls for Hamtaro. Yeah. Bosses kind of, they, you know, convince her to come over and, oh, she likes it. Cool. I guess they're friends now. Yeah. Also, and, and she also accent. has a French accent, which it's, this is the first episode where we discover that. And personally, I find it to be fairly annoying. Like, uh, yeah, I, I started to get kind why. of annoyed by it. <laughs> Originally, I found it kind of charming. And then the, the, this latest episode I watched, I was just like, yeah, OK, give it a rest. I, I think the thing that weirds me out about it is that her owner does not have a French accent, <laughs> yeah, which implies right. that they, her they... owner went to France, bought a French hamster and then went back to either Japan or nondescript American city, USA. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just, uh, I don't know, It's there's something really strange about it to me. So what was your least favorite? My least favorite episode was episode 16, Get Well, Laura. Uh, in this episode, Laura does not get enough sleep because Amtaro was keeping her awake all night, running around on his wheel. And that's about it. Like, <laughs> she goes to school and she's super tired, and then she passes out in gym class, presumably because she's so tired. Meanwhile, Boss either pretends to have a stomachache or actually has one. I'm not sure which. Uh, and either he's being an asshole by pretending for attention or all of the other hamsters are being assholes <laughs> by just ignoring him while he's like, yeah. I'm in so much pain. <laughs> so like I don't know. It's really lose-lose there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Laura has to go home from school because... Yeah, it's like, oh, she might have a cold. And then she takes a nap, and all the hamsters crowd around and are like, well, what can we do to make her well again? Uh, and, like, this is just a classic episode of the hamsters have nothing to do here. Yeah. Literally, the episode is Tamtaro fretting about something that's irrelevant. And then they all kind of crowd around Laura while she sleeps and gets better because she's just tired. She's not even sick. Uh, while they're like, oh, we got to help out, which they don't because they're fucking hamsters. Like, it, it's yeah. just it's just pointless. It's they don't do anything. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't they, know why it annoys me so much. Like, they, it doesn't annoy me that Indiana Jones didn't have to do anything in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like the Nazis would have killed themselves with the Ark anyway. But <laughs> yeah, right. at least that's an entertaining movie. Like. This is the same thing, except it's not even fun to watch. It's just fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough one. The, it, I mean, you know, they go and get a big leaf, and I do like that they they're like, "Oh, we need to 
simulate an ice pack, I guess, because they're fucking idiots. And so they pull off a leaf and they go down and soak it in cold water, cold water from the dog's water. <laughs> yeah, there, there is also a dog named Brandy who, in the episodes that we watch, appears to be possibly dead or in a coma. Because uh, that no. dog does not move <laughs> or open its yawns. eyes. The dog yawns like every episode, dude. Okay, it's, like, fair it's a cute old dog. So they go and they bring this stupid... Th- it doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> Turns out she gets better. And what's even worse about this episode is it includes this completely extraneous plot to go get yogurt. Where they're just like, oh, oh your yogurt's God, right. good for them. They like spend half the episode talking about yogurt, going to try and get yogurt, and then they decide to stop. Because <laughs> yeah, know, no, it's like, little... oh, we we gotta go get yogurt to help boss because he has a stomachache, yeah. and apparently that helps with stomach aches, according to Maxwell the nerd hamster. So yeah. they they have this like mission to go over to Laura's house and get some yogurt. But when they get there, they're like, oh, there's no yogurt on the table, and they can't figure out where to find it. But it doesn't matter because boss walks in and he's like, hey, I want my yogurt, and they're all like. Right wait, you're not sick anymore. We're not going to get you yogurt. And then Laura comes home. So yes, it's and, totally pointless. And, and it's also just like, I love that they're like almost teasing you with a slightly more interesting plot. We're like, right? oh man, yeah. you know, I, I'd love to see them try and rappel down the refrigerator and yeah, or push that something. sucker open. Yeah. <laughs> like anything? No, but, nah, but no. fuck it. No, just just have a character walk in and be like, oh, never mind with that plot. We have something yeah. else now. Exactly. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, oh my all right. God. So, so what was your honorable mention? Oh yeah, honorable mentions. Uh, mine was episode fourteen, the search for Sandy's brother. Uh, this <laughs> this episode gets a mention because it, it it just, I mean, for once there's a plot to this one, sort of. Yeah. No. And this we get this has a plot. Yeah, and we get to introduce this dipshit character Sam, who's just like. He is the brother to the Valley Girl ish uh, hamster who both, they both have like tiger stripes, kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and the only real difference in. between them is that Sandy has a little bow on her tail. Like, I mean, other right, than the voice, course. obviously. <laughs> so, it, <laughs> and Sam is just a fucking idiot. And he just like comes in and he's hitting on everyone and pissing, f- pissing off pretty much everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. He, he he comes in, and it is weird that they use the phrase hits on in this show for kids. Oh, yeah. Like, instead of, I don't know, like, flirt with or something a little, I don't know. I guess it's pretty innocuous still, but it's a little strange to see in a show this cutesy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, Sam comes in, and he's just flirting with everybody, and everyone's like, all right, I guess. And, yeah. and singing a lot. Which Oh, God, there's so much singing. <laughs> Which sucks. Which really yeah, because, sucks. Because the fucking the the uh the thing that links Sandy to her brother is that she remembers the first half of this song and he knows the yeah, second half. Right. So yes, they sing so much in this episode. It's crazy. It's just constant. Oh my god. You'd think, hey Peter, why isn't this your uh, nadir? And I'm gonna say, well, because there's a scene where this guy <laughs> rides a rides a skateboard with maracas. Uh, yep, pretty along much. A wall. <laughs> There's also which, what I think is one of the funnier jokes in this show, which is boss when they have this party saying, "I need to get my Chipmunks albums." I, it's God. it's stupid, but I kind of love it. Cutesy reference, yeah. It, Howdy utters the line, 
How can you trust a guy who falls asleep in the middle of a chestnut sandwich? <laughs> yeah, which is which nonsense. Means, <laughs> it's nonsense that means nothing, but I liked it. <laughs> sure. <But> fucking hell. <laughs> uh, what was your uh, honorable mention? My honorable mention was episode 13, Let's Dance, Sandy. Uh, this is the precursor where we find out uh, Sandy's tragic backstory about how she has a long-lost brother, which is, of course, then solved in the immediate next episode with yeah. almost no problem. But whatever. That's introduced. That's kind of nice. Uh, basically, the plot is that the like Elder Ham is having some festival, uh, and Sandy is teaching the other girl hamsters how to spin ribbons. And Sandy is apparently into Maxwell, the nerd hamster, and asks Hamtaro to ask him if he likes her. And I'm mostly highlighting this one because this show has a surprising amount of, like, relationship drama. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which, when I thought about it, I was like, you know, that's actually not that unusual for the, tar- the target demographic. I mean, like, Sailor Moon has tons of relationship drama stuff, too. And it's basically aimed at the same, you know, people. But... It's still a little weird considering that they're all hamsters and there's like a bunch of love triangles and shit. Like there is yeah. literally a chart that I found online just searching for <laughs> Hamtaro images. It's really high up on the list explaining the relationships between the fucking hamsters. Oh my God. And that seems crazy for a show like this. Like <laughs> yeah. why does that exist? But aside from that, uh, it features... I think my favorite joke in the whole show, which is kind of damning with faint praise, but I do appreciate that the play the boy hamsters are putting on is Hamlet. Uh, Because, yeah, you know, that's fun. (laughs) Unfortunately, we don't get to see Hamlet actually take place. So, you know, whatever. But (laughs) the best this show gets is (laughs) that's fun. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a little joke where I'm like, you know what? I appreciate that. That's just fun. That's kind of clever. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go to our break. When we get back, we will talk about our thoughts on the show, uh, give a recommendation, and then talk about what's coming up next. during the break to give you some information our opening and closing music is as always vapor diving the music for the bumpers is monkeys both of these tracks are by onitek that is a-n-i-t-e-k you can find more of their music on soundcloud rights were secured through jumendo our next full episode will release march 11th and tune in next week for the secret of nim as always you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisode uh, via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. Oh, I wouldn't mind splitting seeds with her. And now, back to Hamtar. And we are back. Peter, what did you think about this show? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't detest it either. Mm-hmm. But you know, it wasn't. 
you know, if it didn't have the opening, the like just wretched opening theme, <laughs> which is auto tuned, has auto tuned yeah. background singing, which is incredible, frankly. Oh. It, like, yeah, probably the earliest example of auto tuned that I <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> sure, but yeah. The and the ending theme, which is not great, but has some great like zoomed fill in lines, like <laughs> "Let's do our best, get a hundred on the test." it's like uh fuck off so those are stuck in my head i hate that i hate the show because of these songs but besides that it just seems like your fairly standard like little kids slice of life stuff with a lot of stuff that doesn't seem like it translates well (laughs) like the dialogue is so often just complete nonsense or like the jokes just don't make any sense that I have to wonder if there's some kind of translation problems or or something. The it, there is like one point I noticed that where something seemed off in the uh get well soon Laura episode where they they're talking about looking at different parts of bo- uh, boss and being like, "Well, hey, is this uh this should be a sign that you're sick or not." And there's a one part where they're like, "Oh, the color on your coat looks wrong." but they're like staring at his ass and he's getting embarrassed. Right. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they would change that really. Even yeah. If they were it's, staring it's a little at his weird. tail or something. Uh, it, I'm not too concerned about it. <laughs> the dub does. Yeah. A right. Like why bother? Terms, yeah. And the dub does a fine job in terms of acting. Uh, it's just like nothing's really happening and the humor doesn't do it for me at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of it's gone. It's just there and gone for me. D- to be honest, this is a show that's super just meh for me. Like, yeah, it is not totally insufferable. I will say that getting the fucking theme song stuck in my head is pretty annoying. Yeah, but at the same time, like there are moments where it's you know pretty cute, but it has nothing to offer me and. I, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, fuck this show. It has nothing to offer me. And then there's another part of me that's like, this show is intended for girls about a third of your age, dude. Like, who cares? It's not trying to offer you anything that's not really a complaint. Like, that is not even remotely what it's trying to do. So, in in fact, I would argue it's for like little, little kids. Like, this is. Yeah, it, it just seems I mean, like... yeah, I, I say a third my age because, you know, the chow is for girls like 8 to 12. That's yeah. where it was published. So that, Even that seems... seems a little old. <laughs> but I guess. Uh, I don't know. The... I, I never really know what is appropriate for children because yeah. I'm bad with kids. But, you know, that aside, I did not hate it. I just didn't like it at all. Like, yeah. I'm kind of glad to have it behind us now but it wasn't as dreadful as i was expecting either like it's just there yeah it's um, just it's like bland rugrats but with hamsters instead and yeah you know, it's, it's pretty much rugrats with hamsters that's yeah. it and like less nightmarish looking characters than rugrats i guess well yeah that too <laughs> and probably less humor intended for adults if like compared even to what little humor there is in rugrats intended for adults right. at least that i can remember um, I do kind of wish like that there was a little bit more of the hamsters perspective on the human world. Like all of the adventures they go on seem mundane, even from their perspective. And that's kind of a shame. Like, I feel like, 
you could do i mean toy story is basically this but the toys don't have a whole ton of perspective on what the human world is like it's yeah. like still kind of fascinating but in this that doesn't stick out as much which i feel like is a missed opportunity well speaking of perspective i feel like it would be better if they did like a smaller visual perspective like have everything kind of from a hamster's point of view or has have as much as possible from that before switching to like the older kids that that probably would cost a lot more money to do and like be a lot more work but be a I mean, lot more visually maybe. interesting to me like i i think like maybe the best example of this is there's an episode where there's a crow that shows up and basically tries to kill a couple of hamsters and that moment feels like actually rather different from the rest of the show and it's like a, the tiniest glimpse of what the show could be like yeah there were so many shows in fact things that we we're talking about for minisodes like watership down is a good example a very depressing and different one but that whole movie is basically about rabbits trying to live in this human world and being kind of perplexed by it yeah and there's almost none of that in this show and like if they just had more of that i think it would be more interesting this, the characters seem to be played off as like even a little just stupid. <laughs> like even the even the smart ones. There's always some point where they're just like fail to continue questioning and are just like, yeah, I guess, I guess this is just a human thing, and they just you know get their yogurt from the yeah, table. Yeah, like the thing is, I don't know because there is some of that kind of stuff, but it doesn't feel yeah. fantastic to me. It just feels, yeah. I don't know, like incurious maybe i don't know yeah i, I may be talking point. out of my ass because there are some points like boss definitely has a theories on how certain things work that are totally wrong and then adventures are based on that idea yeah. but it just doesn't like i feel like they could do something more fantastical and they kind of don't and that's kind of a shame and also like frankly the as i said already the episodes where the human and hamster storylines don't really interact is just stupid and annoying to me like yeah, it yeah. just it feels like one of the two is irrelevant and most of the time it's totally underdeveloped too like there just isn't much to the story that doesn't interact with the more main story and ugh, it just it just isn't great <laughs> like yeah. that's that's pretty much it so let's move on to recommendations before i continue talking in circles uh what did you think, Peter? Is this a visit, a revisit, or best left in the past? Yeah, it's got to be best left in the past. Like, I feel yep. <laughs> there's so much better <laughs> cutesy slice of life shit out there that you could watch. Not this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would generally agree. I mean, as I said, this is a show that has nothing to offer somebody like me. And while that doesn't make it bad necessarily, it's also not worth seeking out so i i would also say best left in the past like as you said there are better shows to watch and you know th this is not an easy show to find either necessarily yeah, <laughs> so really. it's, it's really not worth the effort um so that said uh let's move on to what's coming soon our next minisode, which we'll be releasing next week, will be The Secret of Nim, which is Don Bluth's directorial debut uh, just after he left Disney. And it's also a story featuring cute rodents, but, you know, like kind yeah. of a fantastical version of it, which is what I wish this show was more. Uh, after that, we will be moving on to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the remake series of He-Man that has 
kind of in-depth backstory and stuff. I am very curious about it, and I'm hoping that we get some of that classic filmation blinding flashing lights garbage. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I I saw that show as a kid. I, I don't remember much else. I'm going to say that. Yeah, right. I definitely did not. <laughs> probably. I definitely did not see it, which I will say 12 more times. Yeah. Uh, but until we repeat ourselves even more, uh, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week for The Secret of Doom. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more of our content, you can follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and Twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as some additional stuff related to what we've been watching. If you are inclined to contact us, this is also a great way to do that. Uh, subscribing via whatever podcatcher app you use, but particularly Apple Podcasts, is also a surefire way to stay up to date. And while you're there, wherever there is, uh, please consider leaving us a review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for The Secret of NIM. Music